Are you a senior level executive with a growth mindset, ready to grasp the new opportunities and solve the issues that are holding you back? If so, welcome to our podcast, Into the C-Suite with Jim Casino, founder and CEO of C-Suite Advisors. With personal experience as a CEO of more than 10 companies and 15 boards of directors, Jim shares his insights into optimal leadership philosophies, practices, and ways to accelerate growth and elevate your company value. Now, onto the show. We are ready for a look into the C-suite with your host, Jim Casino. Jim is the founder and CEO of C-Suite Advisors, a boutique management consultancy that taps the expertise of highly experienced senior consultants who know the C-Suite because they have worked there. Their best-in-class advice helps startups and middle market companies solve their toughest challenges and go on to thrive. Jim's guest this episode is the founder and CEO of startup New Enamel. Jim, tell us more about Keith Harband. Thanks so much, Patrice. I'm very excited about introducing Keith to our our listeners today. He's been a friend for many, many years. We worked together actually in two different companies over those years. And I would describe him as a very high-powered marketer who has worked with some of the world's most notable brands over his time in business. A few years ago, Keith started a new company called New Enamel. I'd describe it as a dental care and service disruptor because it's disrupting a enormous uh, existing industry, which he'll tell us all about. Today, we'll be talking about his experiences as a startup entrepreneur, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I think. Right, Keith? But I first want to welcome you to Into the C-Suite. It's great to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Jim. Pleasure to be here. That's great. Why don't we get started? Tell us a little bit about yourself, some of the things like your education, your work experience before you ever started New Enamel. Sure, I'd be happy to. I grew up in the Bay Area. I'm a native San Franciscan, which is a bit of a rarity. Uh, I went to college at Cornell University, where I was. Uh, I graduated from the hotel school. Uh, after five years in the hospitality industry, I went to Columbia Business School and got an MBA. And after leaving Columbia, I worked at such companies as Disney, Scholastic, Gymboree, and the Discovery Channel. But regardless of, of where I went, um, you know, the lessons I learned at the hotel school stayed with me. And there was a statue that was located outside the entrance to the school, which I passed every day for four years and would read the inscription. And it basically said that you know, life is service. And the one and the person who gives his fellow man more and better service is going to really progress in the industry. And that has stuck with me. Yeah, yeah that's a great one. And I su- assume that philosophy is not only stuck with you, but carried through to your new startup, New Enamel. Tell us a little bit about how that idea came about and what exactly New Enamel is. It has. New Enamel, very simply stated, is prescription strength dental care at home. And New Enamel is based on the Cambra Therapeutic Dental Care Protocol that was pioneered at UCSF Dental School about 15 years ago. It's evidence-based, clinically tested, and recommended by the American Dental Association to prevent and actually reverse tooth decay. Uh, And the Centers for Disease Control consider tooth decay an epidemic. So it's a serious, serious issue. And it revolves around a dentist doing a chair side assessment to determine a patient's risk for tooth decay. 
What did you call that? A chair side yeah, assessment? A chair side assessment. What does that, that mean? Just the patient is in the dental chair. That's where the dentist yeah. asks them these specific questions to determine their risk. They're a short series of questions that a dentist asks a patient as they're in the chair. And depending on uh, what their answers are, they fall into one of four risk buckets, low, moderate, high, or extreme. And depending what risk level the, that's determined for the patient, that, di that dictates what prescription products the patient receives. And what New Enamel did was basically apply technology to the whole process. So someone does not have to find a dentist that ascribes to the Canberra protocol, but rather they can go to the newenamel.com website, take a very similar assessment. The proprietary algorithm determines what their risk level is. And then New Enamel has the ability to prescribe and dispense those same products and ships them to the patient's house for use. So that information tells me, yes, it is a disruptive business model. Would you agree with that? I would. I would. And one of the reasons that that, that is proven is that only about 3% of dentists do this protocol in their practice. Why is that? 97%. Well, you know, in the information that we've been able to glean over the last couple of years, there's a certain number of dentists who are not familiar with the protocol. Mm -hmm. There's a certain number of dentists who might be familiar with the protocol, but don't really know how to incorporate it into their individual practice. And then thirdly, I believe that there are a number of dentists who feel that it might have a detrimental effect on their revenue generating capabilities because it's so good at preventing tooth decay that the incidence of cavities is significantly decreased by their patients. So it's an economic judgment for some not to get behind it. For some but it's it been is. around and been proven and approved for 15 years, you said. So it's been around a long time. It has, and it's been clinically tested multiple times all around the world. So it is a legitimate dental care therapy, but there's no law or rule that says that all dentists have to do it in their practice. So they have the freedom to either do it or not do Got it. Got it. Got it. Fascinating. You know, it, and speaking of fascinating, I'm really fascinated by your decision after working with some of the biggest brands in marketing, uh, you know, what motivated you to sort of take on the dental industry with this technology that has been around, but is not, I would guess, widely known by the consumer? That is a great question. And it's a question that I wrestle with sometimes. Why did I do <laughs> <Sure>. this? Um, <laughs> the answer is it was, you know, that the, the concept of Canberra was brought to me which is the scientific underpinnings of new enamel by a dentist friend of mine. And after hearing what his experience was with it, with his patients and reviewing the clinical findings and reading the professional journals, I felt it was too good of an idea not to pursue because the, the science bore out what uh, the results could be for these patients. And it was really, really significant. It was a potential game changer for people. And I felt that I had to give it a shot. How would you, do you think the idea is a really big one? I do. Sometimes I'm the only one who does, but uh, no, I'm teasing. Um, 
I do think it's a big idea because, and this, these statistics are based on uh, findings from the American Dental Association, that over 75% of Americans are at high or extreme risk for tooth decay. And additionally, the Centers for Disease Control consider tooth decay an epidemic. So, and this is because of what people eat, what people drink, how they care for their teeth, medications they might take on a regular basis, illnesses they may suffer from, a, a whole host of variables. And I mean, what I, um, what I have seen is that you have people whose diets have changed radically over the last number of years. They're drinking more coffee, they're drinking more tea, they're drinking more wine, they're drinking smoothies, they're drinking sports drinks or energy drinks, which didn't even exist 15 years ago. And all those things have a negative effect on your enamel. How would you describe the business model? You, you mentioned earlier that this is an online business. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, how does this work? How does the consumer interact with new enamel? Sure. It's, it is a prescription business, not a subscription business. And, and I'll tell you a little bit about the difference. So a consumer would go to newenamel.com. They would take their assessment. Our uh, proprietary algorithm instantaneously provides their result. And then they have the opportunity to set up an account, should they want to, and order their customized kit that gets shipped out to them with a six-month supply of product inside. And the product is customized to their score. Is that right? It's yes, it's customized to their risk level. So if you're a moderate risk patient, you're getting different items than a high risk patient and get and that person is getting different items than an extreme risk. Oh, patient. interesting. Okay. And, and I could, as a consumer, I could do all that from my home without ever having to go to the dentist's office. That is correct. We're not a substitute for going to the dentist because we're not looking at your mouth. You're, you're answering questions online. So the assessment is highly determinant in terms of what your risk level accurately is. However, you still need to go to the dentist to get a professional cleaning, an exam. Uh, the dentist has to look for, look at your bite, look to see that make sure you don't have any oral cancer, all those things that can only take place in a dentist's office. But we're very so new enamel. Yeah. Sorry, go no, ahead. but we're very confident that your checkups will be a whole lot better and your teeth will be harder and healthier. And you have proof of that? Yes, we have many, many testimonials, but we also have the fact that about 70 to 75% of our patients come back after six months and do a reassessment. And so we can see, we can track how patients are doing with the protocol and typically patients, unless they have a chronic issue where they stay in the same risk level, typically go down the risk continuum. So they might start at high risk and after six months, they might go to moderate risk or low risk. So the protocol works on, in new enamel exactly the way it's supposed to. Oh, that's pretty interesting. How long have you been at this with new enamel? And tell us a little bit about the funding of the business. How have you gone about that? Uh, you know, we incorporated probably about five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. 
it took a while to get the website up and running because no one had really done what we were doing. So to find the appropriate people to build it and build it the appropriate way and ensure that it was HIPAA compliant and all those things took a, a significant amount of time. So we've really been operating now for about three years. Uh, funding wise, uh, it was predominantly self-funded with a small group of wow. friends and family investors. So a small group of angel investors. So that implies either you're living on a shoestring or you have customers. And uh, do you have customers? Is it a working business at this point or still very much in startup mode? Well, it's, um, I would say that it's past startup mode because we do have customers. In fact, uh, we have well over a thousand patients um, mm -hmm. who we've worked with over the last couple of years. But, you know, it's, um, it's a tricky business because we're trying to present and offer something that is kind of counter to what the dental industry has told patients for the last probably 30 or 40 years. And that is, if you brush your teeth twice a day with a fluoride toothpaste and floss, you're good to go. And in our opinion, that's pretty obsolete information. Again, going back to how people's diets have changed, the number of medications people take. For example, over 500 different medications, both prescription strength and over-the-counter, cause some degree of dry mouth. And if you have dry mouth, it's typically a harbinger that you have tooth decay or you have tooth decay on its way. Think about that. Just because of the medicines you're taking. The medicines you're taking are drying your mouth. And mm -hmm. because of that, you're um, developing more tooth decay than you would if your saliva was working normally. Hmm. Interesting. So the that would presumably put you in a higher risk category if you were taking those medicines and the products that you can have prescribed to you through new enamel would help offset that uh, that problem then, I guess. That, that's exactly right. So we, we can't prevent the dry mouth that you're suffering from, but we can prevent the tooth decay that often follows up the dry mouth. I'm, I'm a, I want to go back for just a minute to your capital structure. I'm kind of fascinated that you've been able to self-fund this with friends and families for three years now. When you are, are you at the point of trying to really rapidly scale? And if so, do you anticipate the need for a series A or B or C or even VC investments on the horizon? Yeah, you know, that that's all a possibility. Uh, you know, we were in uh, California solely uh, because mm -hmm. of licensing issues. We're now uh, on the cusp of being able to offer new enamel in every state in the country through some partnerships that, that we have forged. You know, at this point, the business model works. It's about driving traffic and converting that traffic to actual patients. And uh, so it's really a, a marketing play now. It's how do we attract the most patients and converting them. Typically our conversion rate's fairly high because when people do their assessment, if they assess out at high risk, that's pretty, that's a significant red flag for most people. They're going to want to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure they do. The, um, 
when when you say you're approaching being able to offer your service through all 50 states, does that mean you have to have dentists in all 50 states to write these prescriptions? We do. We do. Wow. And you're you're almost there then. Yes. Gosh, that sounds like a breakthrough that would really enable you then to scale rapidly from this point. Would you agree with that? I definitely agree with that. It's uh, that's a huge, huge uh, win for us because as you um, appropriately pointed out, you need a licensed dentist to prescribe to every person, regardless of where they live. So if, if, if a patient comes to the site and they live in Iowa, you need a dentist licensed in Iowa to be able to prescribe new enamel to that patient. So new enamel is not going to, as you pointed out earlier, replace a consumer's existing dental service with his or her dentist, but rather it will supplement that based on a rating and, and medications that allow them to have fewer cavities. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. We're not a substitute for a patient going to the dentist as directed, but we feel Mm -hmm. very, very confident with the number of kits and the number of patients that we've shipped that their checkups will be the, some of the best they've ever had. And we get feedback from, from patients all the time who say, I used to go to the dentist for my checkups and I hated it. It was really painful because my teeth were so sensitive. So the dentist would blow the cold air hose and I would jump out of the dentist chair. Or I hate to tell you, but you've just given me a cold chill because that's my, that's my experience. Very, very common. Or you have instances where they have cavities every time they go, or they have to have work done every time they go. And now after being on the protocol, the dentist will say to them, you know, Jim, what are you doing differently? This is the best your teeth have been since I've been treating you. And the thing to, re- to remember is, is that our products protect all 28 of your teeth, not just one tooth, not just one that may have a pre-cavity area in it that a dentist may want to drill, but doesn't necessarily have to. So we're protecting all of your teeth at for one very reasonable price. I can see you're from marketing. That sounds pretty good. Pretty compelling. You know, take us back to the early years. You've been at it now, open for three years, roughly, you said. Yeah. What kind of big surprises did you encounter along the way when you were getting started? And any lessons that you learned as a result of these those experiences? Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. I would say that some of the early lessons were that you're going to hear, and I'm, or I heard the word no a lot. You know, you're going to, you're going to run into naysayers and they're going to say to you, I don't like your idea, or I don't think that you can do it. You know, I have found that those naysayers fall into a couple different categories. And one is they, they, they don't know enough about what you're doing to really give you good advice. So they give you a crappy advice or they might be jealous that they didn't come up with that idea themselves. And so they're going to poo-poo your idea. Or, and this is a really significant one, is that their, their knowledge base is outdated. And we went to an attorney who specialized in the dental industry to get some advice. And he mm-hmm. told us very early on that what we wanted to do couldn't be done. 
No, really. This couldn't be done. You, you can't do that. And he cited, and as part of his uh, opinion, he's, he cited some law books that were from like the 1980s. And think about how technology and the world has changed since the 1980s. And basically, I wouldn't take his word for it and found another attorney who specialized in telemedicine and teledentistry and went to that person and said, can we do this? And he said, absolutely. You know, there are certain steps that you have to go through, but yes, absolutely. You can do this. And that was, so you found a gap and a person who understood the laws and regulations that could help you figure it out legally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like we weren't trying to pull a fast one, do anything illegal. We just wanted to know how to do it. And this, the, the first guy just flat out said, you can't do it. Once I did some research and found an attorney that really specialized in the technological aspect of the law in terms of telemedicine, I, I had an expert and he said, no, absolutely, you can do this. I wonder how many great startups have stopped, faltered, or quit because of bad advice like that. That's a shocking story, but very understandable. I would say probably many. Probably. Yeah, probably many. Yeah. And frankly, you know, I could have folded the tent right then and there, and I wasn't willing to do it. I just, particularly, I think the thing that, that, that struck me as odd was that he was quoting these laws from the 80s. And I said, and sure, you know, case law goes back, you know, many, many years, but this was legislative stuff. It was not case law. It just wouldn't take no for an answer. Well, that's, I mean, when you read any book about entrepreneurship and and the whole, the whole primary theme is never give up. You have to find creative solutions to problems and roadblocks that enter your path and clearly, it sounds like uh, you've been you've been up to that. Task. Well, and Jim, that that brings to mind one of my mantras that I live by, and that is, you know, we will find a way, or we will make one. Right? You, you know, you yeah. just you, you have to be resolute, and you have to be kind of crafty, but you really have to stick with it. If you don't stick with it, you'll never find out what the company and what you are capable of doing. And I got to tell you, there are times when you say to yourself, boy, why am I hitting my head against the wall? But it it seems to me that every time that might happen, something good happens. There's some new development, some positive thing that happens that kind of keeps you going. It's it's an odd phenomenon, Mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm convinced that, you know, you have that old saying, you know, it's always, you know, darkest before the dawn. It's kind of true. Yeah. Well, so you have to have, and that answers one of my questions. I mean, you've been operating, I gather, but we'll talk a little bit about staffing and what you have, your people count and all that stuff. But I gather you've been operating very autonomously and to a great extent independently for years. And I've been wondering, you know, how do you remain motivated and committed through the roller coaster of an of a of a startup? So You've come to some mantras that you kind of live by, it sounds like, is one of the ways you have. Any other keys you've discovered? Yeah. I, you know, there's also, you know, I, I, I love good quotes. So, you know, I, I recite a lot of them. And then, you know, one of them is, you know, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And mm. y- you also 
have to be, you have to have a certain level of flexibility. You have to be able to pivot because you, you can't be a bulldozer all the time. You sometimes you have to say, wow, this, this isn't necessarily working. I've gotten this advice that you might want to look at it or think about it in a different way. And you have to stay open and flexible. But the thing that also keeps me going is that, you know, the, the people besides myself, the people who invested in this company are friends and mm-hmm. family members. And, you know, I want them to get a fair ROI from their investment. And that keeps me going. Like I go to sleep at night thinking, did I do enough for my shareholders today? You know, did I really maximize the value that they, and and the confidence that they have in me? And that really keeps me going. Because again, these people are friends, they're relatives, they're, they're people I know really well and who trusted me with their money. And so that's another thing that keeps me going, not out of fear, but out of loyalty and commitment. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I wonder how many, what percentage of our entrepreneurs across the country really have that strong commitment to their friends and families who put their hard earned cash behind their dream. Uh, and I, I just love the way you describe your own sense of personal commitment to providing them an ROI that they and you can both be proud of. Tell me a little bit, how many people now work for a new enamel and what were your hiring priorities as you got started? This may not come as a big surprise to you, but you know, right now there's one full-time person and that person is me because it's predominantly a technology company. And it, it, it's driven through uh, the technology that backs up the site and the system. I do hire people who are experts in their field for, um, you know, everything from distribution advice, legal advice, uh, design support, all that stuff. I have a great team of freelancers, but it's a very, very lean, mean company, and it's kind of powered by my laptop. It's it's wow. pretty. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So your fixed expense is practically nil. You've got almost all of your expenses built around a variable structure then. Uh, most of it is variable. Yes. The high, very high wow. percentage is variable. Yeah. So when the company takes off, uh, you don't have a lot of people to pay. I, frankly, I love that model because it is far, far more... Uh, well, it's relatable to my experience. You want fixed expense to be low. You want variable expenses to be a higher percentage so that, you know, as the business fluctuates in size and growth and scale, you can adapt very rapidly. So that, that seems brilliant to me. Yeah, it's a, And it's worked. Yeah, it's a very scalable business. But what I will say, we are a bit like a salmon swimming upstream because of what the industry has told people for so many years. And that's the thing that we are constantly trying to better communicate with people is that there is a better mousetrap out there. You should give it a try. And there are people who are willing to do it. And some people are like, well, you know, I don't feel the need to do it. I'm okay with my painful, sensitive teeth. And you're like, okay, it's a free country. But um, yeah, you're right. It's, um, it's a very leverageable, scalable business. Yeah. Potentially. As you look back over the last few years and kind of where you are now, is there anything in particular that's been indispensable in your view in the development of new enamel so far in your experience? Yeah. (laughs) And those are kind of personal traits that I either 
have always possessed or have developed over time. And one of them is you need a degree of tunnel vision. Okay, you have to have an unwillingness to accept the answer no, and you have to keep moving forward. Even if, the, even if you're moving forward at a slow pace, you have to feel and you have to actually be making progress. Um, another mm-hmm. one is you really need an open mind and you need to be flexible because you, again, as I said before, you need to be willing to pivot when necessary because some things may work and some things may not work. Um, a thick skin is really helpful, you know, to deal with those naysayers. But, you know, mm-hmm. probably the most important thing is to have a genuine passion for what you're doing. Like you really have to believe in the concept, the brand, the product, the service. And I really do. I mean, I've seen it. I mean, of course, before I started this, I reviewed all the research and everything and read all the, you know, the professional journal stories about the protocol. But when you start getting feedback from actual patients and they tell you what a great experience they've had, you know, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. You know, looking back, is there anything you would change if you had to do it all over again uh, in getting the business started? Yes. Uh, I would hire the best lawyer that you can afford uh, because it'll Mm. save you time, aggravation, and money in the long run. I would also, well, here, I can tell you a quick scenario, and that is when the website was first going to be built, I spent an inordinate amount of time trying to find someone who could build it, a web developer. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until someone pointed out to me that I really should be hiring a UX architect first and then a web developer. Um, That was fantastic advice. I wish I'd had it six or eight months earlier because it's, it's, uh, it's analogous to deciding that you want to build a house and you go to the contractor and say, I want a three bedroom, two bath house that has a detached garage, whatever. Can you build it for mm-hmm. me? Well, of right. course the contractor can build it for you, but is, are you going to end up getting the house that you want and need? You really need to hire an architect, whether it's a regular kind of building architect or a UX architect, Who's going to translate your vision into blueprints that a web developer web developer can then build? And that was a huge aha moment. Hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. Good, good advice. You know, two more questions real quickly. Maybe I may go a little longer, but I'd love you to look into your crystal ball and sort of predict the future for us. Tell me what the future looks like for new enamel and how big do you think it'll become and how long do you think that'll take? Boy, um, I think the future is bright. I'm hoping the future is bright. I think um, being able to expand outside of California is a really big deal. Uh, You know, California is obviously a big state, lots of people, but having the ability to expand those borders is, is big. Um, You know, again, some, in some ways we're kind of limited by our uh, marketing budget. So I'm hoping that we can bring in some partners who can help subsidize that marketing because it's it's all about telling the story. You know, once people get on the site and take the assessment, and by the way, the assessment is brief, it's free, it's non-binding, and it's anonymous. 
So any listeners out there, I urge them to go to newenamel.com and take it for themselves. They don't, they're not obligated to purchase a kit, but they will find out where they stand in terms of their risk for tooth. But to mm. answer your question, I, I think the future is bright. I'm, I'm hoping it is. I've worked really, really hard. And the results from a patient standpoint are really, really good. So I'm hoping we can replicate that. I, I've been on your site, as you know, and I think it's really beautiful. It's a gorgeous, clean site. It's easy to navigate. And I, I do, for anybody who's listening, who's gotten this far in the tape, I uh, or on this uh, podcast, I hope they will look you up on newenamel.com because I think it's certainly worth a stop. You know, when you look back over the last three years and what's ahead of you, what what would you describe as the most gratifying part of starting your business? Uh, the great patient feedback. That's That makes it all worthwhile. So, I mean, we get emails all the time that say, you know, my teeth were painful and sensitive and I got on your protocol and not only I can now eat ice cream, you know, I can have an ice cold soda. When I go to the ballpark with my kids, I could never do that before because of the pain. And in terms of my checkups, my goodness, my checkups, first of all, are better. I'm not getting cavities, so I'm saving money. And I'm not in pain. And that makes it all worthwhile. That is by far the best part. And, and again, our return rate for patients is, you know, 70 to 75%. So people are doing the protocol and they're getting great results and they want to continue using the products. But along the way, their risk level, they're moving down the risk continuum. So that's very, very gratifying. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Keith, I want to thank you so much. I knew this would be a fascinating podcast, just learning about an entrepreneur like yourself starting his or her own business. And you've given us some great ideas and some super thinking. I want to thank you for sharing so generously and, and repeat along the way here that if anyone wants to learn more about New Enamel or get in touch with Keith, you may do that by reaching out to his website, which is newenamel.com. And new enamel is one word, if I don't, if I remember correctly. That is correct. Uh, yep. This has been really fun. Thank you, my friend. Jim, I really a pleasure to talk to you, and and uh, really appreciate the forum of of being able to talk a little bit more to about new enamel to to new potential patients. That's awesome. Thank you so much. This is Jim Casino from C Suite Advisors. C-Suite Advisors, where CEOs tap into unbiased, deeply experienced wisdom, perspective, and credibility to accelerate their company's performance and growth. To discuss how C-Suite Advisors may help your business in a free 30-minute consultation, contact us at advisor at csuite.co or call for an appointment at 480-840-7055. Thank you for listening to Into the C-Suite with Jim Casino. Click the following button below to be notified as new episodes become available. 